This week's podcast is sponsored by the book, Glory Lost and Found, How Delta Climbed from Despair to Dominance in the Post-9-11 Era. It's Delta's inspirational turnaround story, written by the editors of Airline Weekly. Lively and informative, just like this podcast. Available in hardcover, paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. Hop on Amazon.com and search Delta Book. The remaining U.S. airlines have reported first quarter earnings, and much like Delta and United, the theme seems to be, we're all doing well, but not as well as last year. Looking at the operating profit margins, I see all positive numbers, something remarkable for the first quarter, and I even see some double digits. Seth, who was the big winner? Allegiant, with a 19% operating margin. And who had the biggest surprise to the downside? Allegiant, with a 19% operating margin. What? Yeah, you heard me right. Allegiant indeed posted a 19% margin, which, yes, was the best in the U.S., but, yes, also was the biggest decliner among U.S. carriers. It was down from 35% the previous year. I didn't mean to start the show on such a heavy note. (laughs) Southwest, Alaska, American, JetBlue, Spirit, they all posted good results, but were down significantly. We'll talk about each one. I'm Jason Cottrell, Vice President of Airline Weekly. And I'm Seth Kaplan, Managing Partner of Airline Weekly. It's the U.S. earnings picture coming up on the Airline Weekly Lounge. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about the U.S. earnings in the first quarter, and I'm most curious about Allegiant, who posted a 19% operating margin. That was the best among U.S. carriers, but also in terms of declining margin, it was the biggest disappointment. I don't even know what to ask. What what went right? What went wrong? Are we happy? Who am (laughs) I? Why am I here? Yes. yes. A little bit of all of it. Yeah. um, Look, it's. It, it, I feel like we say this a lot when we talk about U.S. airlines. An excellent result in most contexts, you know, historically for Allegiant, uh, historically for any airline in the world. But uh, yeah, you know, as you said, a, a, a big decline from last year. Uh, you know, Allegiant um, is is famous for its very variable schedule. Uh, you know, it schedules seasonally more than just about any other scheduled airline. Let's say in the in the world. Uh, day of week, same thing. You know, it's Tuesdays look so different from its Mondays. It's it's uh, September's so different from its July's. Uh, maybe the only exception in the world that's even more seasonally and day of week scheduled would be Jet Two uh, in the UK. But aside from them, Allegiant does that now. Uh, as fuel prices have fallen, Allegiant has actually become a little bit less variable, uh, and, and it's all logical. I mean, because when when fuel is cheap, uh, you know, even an airline like Allegiant, which is what, what sort of one of the most variable cost-oriented airlines, uh, unlike most. Uh, even an airline like Allegiant becomes more of a fixed-cost airline. Even those, you know, fuel-guzzling old MD-80s, uh, the fuel costs just aren't quite as important uh, when you have fuel costs at the levels where they've been these past few years uh, than back when fuel was very expensive, you know, and and and, and you just couldn't justify putting them in the air uh, to get the kinds of fares that, that Allegiant often gets. So, 
got into sort of just more marginal flying, just saying, hey, yeah, let's fly on that off-peak day. Uh, you know, let's fly during that off-peak period. Um, and, uh, you know, the margins might not be as high as, as at other times, but, um, you know, but but it's, it's still money worth making, uh, you know, rather than keeping the plane on the ground. And, and that seems to have perhaps gotten a, a little bit of a, ahead of itself, as sort of that marginal flying uh, is is what uh, what was hurt the most. Uh, I mean, also there's there's just the fact. Speaking of fuel, uh, that Allegiant is a completely unhedged airline, like American in that regard. But unlike American again, in the sense that uh, so much of its fleet are these very low, uh, these very old rather aircraft. You know, fuel costs for low. Uh, remain rather low historically speaking uh, certainly lower than they were several years ago but uh they are well off their lows uh of um of the last year or two and, and again for for an airline like Allegiant, uh that's a that's a big deal uh, also you did have the easter date shift uh which uh, to be clear didn't account for all of that that 16 point margin decline but it, it is important for a sort of a leisure focused airline uh like allegiant uh, so with with easter having moved into the second quarter this year uh you would expect and hope that the uh, second quarter uh would would not decline nearly as much as the first and and indeed based on uh, some of the comments they made not only for that reason but just for sort of more fundamental reasons uh things seem to be getting better so I read in Airline Weekly that part of the problem was demand. What is going on with demand in the U.S.? Everybody said they got a bump after the November election, and then it went away in Q1, and now it seems to be coming back. Is that the story? Yeah, basically to one degree or another for pretty much all the airlines. And I mean, it's it, it's weird how this works, right? So so um the so the guy who most you know a lot of sort of globally oriented people um you know didn't want one. But then there was this right, this bounce in demand, right? Um, but it was almost as if you know people just and you know, consumers as well as corporations they just hate uncertainty and and uh, so once it was just sort of over with, even even though you know it was, it was uh, 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 you know not a particularly popular choice among among you know a lot of people who travel and and and, uh, and so forth, uh, it, it was almost like well as long as the sun rose the next morning they were satisfied and could move on with things right um and then that sort of you know so probably there was just all this pent-up demand that then then materialized and uh and then yes as, as you said it was it was it was quiet uh in the winter you know some combination of oh maybe the rather mild uh weather uh you know d- didn't cause people to seek sun as they would in a brutal winter um excluding boston there had a really rough winter and you know, some points in the pacific north northwest but part you know where generally speaking it's a warm winter uh and who knows what else um and now yeah everybody's uh everybody's seeing it uh come back again it seems and then they've 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 kind of all said that uh, among the u.s carriers to to one degree or another and didn't one airline say something about taxes that yeah, um, Southwest said that. Uh, uh, you know, they said that the, the tax refunds for you know U.S. taxpayers they they file their tax returns and if they've uh, withheld too much over the course of the year they get their refund. Uh, that those were delayed getting to some consumers. So basically, there was a a um, a delay in putting that money into the wallets of consumers for them to be able to spend on things like airline tickets. And so, uh, so perhaps that too, uh, Southwest sort of sort of posited uh, might explain why there was uh, you know. A little bit less demand in in the first quarter, and then maybe a little more demand uh, as, as those refunds began reaching taxpayers. You know, nobody really knows for sure, but it but it's it pretty uniformly what what all airlines say they experienced. 
Is the trend up or down, or is it just fickle right at this moment? Then, well, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the you know, as far as anybody can see, it's 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 up. Um, you know, just they all seem they all seem to feel pretty good uh, here going forward, as far out as they can see, which is never that far out. You know, it, it, I mean, it's just too early to characterize the the summer and all that. But but uh, but yeah, no, for as much as they can see, um, they're happy with at the at this point. Getting back to Allegiant, they say they are slowing growth in the summer. Is this a sign the airline is maturing? And if it is, is the timing does the timing feel right to you for an airline of this size? Well, as I mentioned before, you know they they um you know it seems like growth perhaps got ahead of itself um at, at Allegiant. So you know they're just kind of trying to get their hands around that. And uh, and sure, I mean, look, part of it is right. They're not forever going to grow at the same rates that they were growing uh when when they were very small that's just that's just always how it works you know giant airlines don't don't generally grow by by uh you know double digit percentages so you know it's inevitable at some point they were just going to grow less quickly but yeah you know that's the right thing to do if you feel like you've been you've been growing too quickly to where your um you know the demand wasn't quite there to fill all the capacity that you're bringing the marketplace is is to um is to to slow the growth uh you know they, they are you know turning into a little bit of a different airline in terms of their their fleet mix um and that's going to uh, you know it, it it's going to inform some of their decisions about growth uh but uh but yeah you know generally speaking uh you would expect that at some point they would slow down uh to one degree or another uh and uh, coming off a quarter where the where you know they felt like they grew too quickly uh would seem like a logical time to do it. Regarding Allegiance refleeting, are these new planes a departure from the business model? The you know the the business model that made Allegiant Allegiant. Look, they've said rather clearly that um uh you know if they if they could have just bought MD80s forever they would have done it. Uh, it's just that at some point that that kind of runs its course. Uh, it, you know, becomes difficult to to uh find parts for them uh it becomes difficult to to find them period right i mean at some point here um there just aren't that many out there and so you know the, the day was going to come when they when they needed something else so look they're moving into uh, airplanes that so far seem to work very well for them um but but uh and and you know they, they bought some some used uh airbus starting with 319s then 320s now getting into new planes planes that they've you know rather clearly gotten a good deal on it's not like they're going out and buying the you know the latest generation of buying neos and all that but um but you know but but new airplanes uh where there is uh, and this is kind of what I was I was uh, getting at before, uh, where there's a little more pressure to keep them in the air. You know, you do take that ownership cost penalty when you park the plane on Tuesday. You know, even if it's not a very expensive airplane, you know, it's you, you know, if if you paid in the tens of millions of dollars for an airplane, let's say, as opposed to uh, uh, sometimes probably as little as as uh, as a million or so for the MD80s, um, you know, the ownership costs matter. Again, you know, I mean, they always knew that that was going to be the case. You know, they were they were going to have a new fleet type. The thing is, though, that uh, because they are going to have the MD-80s for a while, I'm saying MD-80s, MD-80 series, you know, the 82s and, and 83s and so forth, 87s, um, because they're going to have them uh, for some time, that'll be the variable capacity aircraft until they're all gone. Um, and, and other airlines do this, too. You, know, you look at an airline like, you know, I mean, really, any airline, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I was going to say Delta, but, uh, you know, they, they all do it. You know, they all have older airplanes, and those are the planes that when they sort of pull it, pull things down a little bit, 
by day of week or by season, those are the planes that get parked. Uh, so, so Allegiant will be able to do that for some time. You know, this is not going to be anytime soon a high utilization airline keeping all airplanes in the air, uh, twelve or thirteen hours a day. Uh, Allegiant keeps its airplanes in the air like I don't. Know, I think it's like six point something hours a day. Uh, they've broken so many of you know what a lot of people thought were the rules of the airline industry but they've they've been extraordinarily successful in general uh, doing it well no discussion about u.s carriers is complete without mentioning american and no discussion of american is complete without mentioning delta and united and as we discussed last episode united posted a four percent margin and delta eleven percent And kind of like Seth predicted, as much as I hate to admit it, American came in somewhere between with an 8% margin. That was down from 15% compared to Allegiant and JetBlue, who we'll get to. Uh, Americans, uh, Americans number held up pretty well, would you say? Yeah, don't ask me for lottery numbers. That's that's the that American prediction is where I where I if if we could do that, we wouldn't be doing a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You'd never hear from us again. (laughs) Exactly. But we'll have to settle for now for uh, for for very expertly saying American would come in somewhere between four percent and eleven percent. What a genius, right? No, no, they they did reasonably well. Um, they uh, are in a little bit of a different part of the sort of the revenue bounce back cycle from uh, well, Delta and United in, in particular. American kind of fell on hard times earlier. Um, because of uh, the situation in South America, especially, for example. Uh, you know, what happens in Brazil matters more to American than it does to Delta and United. What happens in Venezuela uh, matters more to, to American than it does uh, to Delta and United. So because all of that stuff was kind of, um, or, you know, a lot of it anyway, sort of more than a year in the past, you know, the, the, the comparisons were easier. And some of that's bouncing back, not Venezuela, but but, but Brazil's a lot more important than Venezuela. And uh, every Everybody, uh, including airlines with much less exposure, has been saying uh, things are very clearly getting better there, uh, and that is more important for American than it is uh, for for anybody else. Um, you know, even in Dallas Fort Worth market, that's one uh, something that was sort of specific to American that became problematic uh, earlier before United and Delta had had some of their their uh, unit revenue challenges. Uh, so that too, kind of farther in the path, kind of sorting itself out. Uh, and, um, and yeah, no, uh, uh, American had a, um, had a, had a decent quarter, uh, you know, good confirmation for them to see some distance between them and United because, you know, recently it sort of looked like, uh, I mean, Delta clearly the leader on an operating margin basis, maybe not, not always far higher, but, you know, certainly in terms of net profits, I mean, clearly the leader. And, um, you know, for a while it was a question, Hey, is it, is it American chasing Delta or is it American just trying to stop from, you know, slipping behind United? Well, in in the first quarter, uh, American, yeah, clearly well ahead of, of, uh, United, if anything, maybe fractions of a percentage point closer to, uh, to Delta, uh, having said all that, remember what we mentioned uh, uh, in the last episode that United is a more seasonal airline. You know, it, it tends to um, uh, have a tougher first quarter and then peak more strongly in the summer. Um, so, you know, this certainly is not yet to say that you know we can we can we can state definitively that that uh, American is clearly going to be the more profitable airline than United for uh, on an operating uh, basis for for the foreseeable future. Tell me more about Dallas Fort Worth. Is the landscape improving there? for American or has it merely hit bottom? Well, no, it, it, it 
does seem to be improving. Um, uh, you know, look, Southwest is there to stay at 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 uh, at Dallas Love Field, but you know they obviously built out the place with nonstop service to all over the United States once they got the the right to do that after well the right amendment uh, went away at the, at the end of 2014 uh, completely went away finally so that's over and i get what you're saying okay so is it just that you know it's no longer getting worse well but you know as as everything sort of grows into itself you know as as southwest uh, markets have sort of presumably grown into themselves there um, and matured um, that, you know, that's just going to help pricing all, all all around you know spirit uh, for a while was growing Dallas Fort Worth and it uh, yeah it, it's just sort of refocused its growth elsewhere so yeah no it, it's I think it's fair to say that things have uh, have, have have the things are off their lows um, which is not however to say that it, it might ever be as easy there uh, as, as it was in the past you know I mean it's just Southwest across town does have a, a very robust operation um, with flights competing in a lot of important markets uh, pretty much all the important uh, the most important domestic markets and so um, between that and the presence that spirit has um, uh, you know, it, it it just may never quite be uh, what it once was, but uh, but but still a, a a very nice market for American. And you mentioned South America, but uh, American always provides a good lens to take a look at South America. And so I'm asking you, is there any more color there? Did you pick up any more color there? To um, you said they're getting better, but are they getting much better? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, you know it it. it you know, and part of it is right. I mean, you're right. When you listen to American talk, that that tells you, and you could just look at it, look at currency markets, for example, uh, where you know Latin American currencies in general are are well off their lows. Yeah, that's true. Also in Mexico, which is kind of its own. It's it's you know talking about Latin American like one unified market is hard to do. It's like you know, I mean, Brazil is what. You know, practically as close to Europe as it is to as is to Mexico, right? But for what it's worth, yeah. So even Mexico, which is kind of its own uh, situation, because of the tensions between you know political tensions between the U.S. and Mexico, you know, and everything related to that economically. Um, you know, even there, uh, yeah, the 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 peso is well off its lows. Um, you know, people are sort of not believing um, that there will be a wall. Uh, you know, not to mention that. Mexico will pay for the wall. Uh, uh, whoever ever believed that uh, is, is, you know, that's sort of been put paid to. Um, yeah, yeah, and and um, uh, and, and yeah, no. An American has has said basically um, that that a lot of those markets, um, and, and again, Brazil is just is, is just is just so massive that that's uh, that that's the key one. Um, are are showing are showing signs of uh, more than signs of strength. You know that they're that they're just just doing very well now. A lot of that. Keep keep in mind. Um, the markets are smaller. I mean, Brazil demand has bounced back, um, but it's sort of demand. The, the growing demand has sort of met the, all the capacity cuts halfway. I mean, there's a lot less air service from you know an airline like American and, and even you know, within Brazil, the carriers have have uh, have, have have cut a lot. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it, it, it's uh, um, it's rather clear that's a, that's a region that was in very bad shape to varying degrees in, in, in the different places. 
and uh, and is doing much better. Having said that, there are new competitive threats within the region. I mean, some of them won't matter to to a, a long haul airline like America flying there only from abroad. But um, you know, you've uh, well, just just uh, just this week, uh, you know, Viva Air Peru. Um, launches its first flight um, pretty much as we speak here, <laughs> recording this on Tuesday, uh, which, is, which is launch day. Um, uh, you know, uh, in Chile, you've got a new ultra-low-cost carrier uh, apparently about to launch, backed by the very serious ultra-LCC investors, Indigo Partners. And so, you know, new competitive threats on the uh, on, on the horizon. Uh, but in the meantime, things are, are um, yeah, the news is more good than bad. Moving across the Metroplex in Dallas, let's look at Southwest earnings. We can we can still do that, right? They haven't moved. They haven't <laughs> built a wall in Dallas, have they? <laughs> not 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 to my knowledge, but th- things seem to be changing very quickly these days. <laughs> and so uh, Comey is still the FBI director, right? I haven't I haven't looked at the news. No, here in that's a few gone. Minutes. Done. Oh. That's over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you can d- out there can t- detect some uh, indignancy in our voice, is that a word? Indignancy. <laughs> um, you're uh, you're very perceptive. All right. Southwest, thirteen percent operating margin, down from twenty percent. Much the same story as American and uh, everybody else, right? Yeah, that's that's pretty much what 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 you said. When, you know, they're outliers. Uh, you know. Hawaiian, which you know held up really well, and you mentioned Allegiant, you know, kind of at the other extreme, as 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 well as it still did in absolute terms, a, a huge decline. But yeah, no, most of them were kind of yeah, kind of high single digit declines, and that's what um that's what South uh, Southwest experienced too. Um, and you know, it's still doing rather well. Uh, you know, with with just the U.S. domestic market uh, being uh, being still the place to be. I mean, despite you know the capacity growth over the past few years, that's that's uh, you know most airlines around the world wish that they could fly domestically in the U.S. right now compared to uh, compared to the kinds of things uh, that, that they're dealing with. Uh, Southwest, you know, we should congratulate them for for uh, um, also on a momentous Tuesday. Uh, a a um, what all appearances was uh, was a very smooth cut over to um, to their new reservation system, uh, Amadeus Altea system, uh, which you know they're 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 very optimistic about some of what they can do with that, um, and that's going to be interesting, by the way, to see. You know, obviously, we all know you know the ways that Southwest is different, and no bag fees and you know the, no change fees and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, they've gained the ability to do a lot of a lot of different things. Um, that they haven't done before. Now, some of those things they, you know, they really philosophically don't believe in, um, but uh, but they do have certain abilities now that they uh, that they didn't uh, that they didn't previously. And so, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to watch what what they do with that. You know, you should note by the way that that um, you know their rather good performance comes despite uh, paying well above industry average for jet fuel, about a quarter more per gallon than uh, than their their competitors paid. Um, and that's basically good news, you know, going forward because they sort of still had some bad, uh, you know, out of the money hedges wearing off um, that the others, either mostly or entirely, didn't have. And so, you know, with, with that sort of going away, uh, that's 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 good news here uh, uh, for the future. But um, no, generally speaking, it. It's uh, just kind of more of the same for Southwest. They're they're in all the right places uh, that that uh, that you would want to be right now. Um, you know, in in a, in a domestic economy that's that's performing uh, itself re- reasonably well. One question I had about the U.S. market in recent years, LCCs in America have generally outperformed the big three, the comprehensive network carriers. 
do you foresee that ever swinging the other way? Well, um, it's it's more uh, um, more than foreseeing it. Um, it's 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 kind of happening. Um, in this, I mean, and, and this is it's probably too early to call this a trend. You know, if if we look at you know just just uh, look at the first quarter here, compare it to like two years ago. Um, you know, so if I just sort of eyeball, you know, we mentioned all those operating margins. You know. Southwest, um, yeah, you know, a little higher than any of the big three. Delta was the best of them with with that eleven percent margin, but um, but a lot of the other low cost carriers are just right in there, right? Um, yeah, JetBlue with nine percent, uh, you know, Spirit eleven percent, um, yeah, Allegiant nineteen percent, obviously much better. But anyway, you know, right now you can you can find some of those low cost carriers kind of mixed in. Again, I'm I'm picking one quarter, just that most recent quarter. You know, it's it's you know, we'll see here. Longer term, but if you go back, let's say to the first quarter of uh, 2015, here looking at my spreadsheet, you know it, it's you know, Allegiant at 33 percent that year. You know there, there's you know that, that Delta was nine percent, United nine percent, um, uh, American unhedged at that point in time when that matter was like 15 percent. But anyway, you know Spirit was 23 percent. Yeah, you know even Southwest 17 percent. JetBlue, seventeen percent. You know, you, you really couldn't find any of those low cost carriers, uh, even the weaker of them, lower than even the best of the of the legacy carriers. Um, whereas now, in this most recent first quarter, uh, yeah, they're they're just kind of uh, no low cost carriers. You know, uh, on average, better than the legacies, um, but definitely there um, some convergence. Again, you know, we'll we'll see going forward whether whether that's uh, you know whether we can say it's a trend. Uh, or you know, just you know, between Easter shift and some of the other stuff that might matter more to, to some of the LCCs, um, something that we just saw in the first quarter. But um, but but there are signs anyway of of exactly uh, what you asked about happening. Uh, you mentioned JetBlue; they had one of the more disappointing reports: nine percent operating margin, down from a whopping twenty percent the year before. Fuel costs were up a massive 50%, but JetBlue paid less per gallon than most of its peers. Explain that. Well, they're they're lightly hedged, uh, not unhedged like American and Allegiant, but but lightly hedged. Uh, about ten percent of their fuel needs were hedged. So yeah, uh, they paid a dollar sixty nine a gallon for fuel. That was up from a dollar seventeen uh, a year earlier. You know, mostly just because spot fuel prices increased that much, and uh, so you know, so that that's an increase of forty four percent. Uh, and, and then they grew, they grew what? 4%. Uh, so you put together just the increase in per gallon fuel prices with a little bit of growth, capacity growth. And, uh, and, and you get that, yeah, that, that 50% spike in fuel costs. The wonders of math. (laughs) What about their, what about their quarter in general? Any, uh, besides the fuel, anything else to add? Yeah. Well, it, it, uh, as you said, um, you know, one, one of the bigger, um, uh, declines that's, that's disappointing. But uh, the Easter shift impacts them at least as much as anybody else. I mean, this is an airline that's, you know, it's New York, Florida, leisure. Not only that, of course, they do a lot else. But, um, you know, it, uh, yeah, that's that's just a huge market for them. Um, and so that, that, that explains some of it, at least maybe, you know, most of the gap between them and sort of the other airlines who just kind of had those, those, those big but, uh, but slightly less, less important 
uh, declines. Um, you know, speaking of Florida, I mean, Fort Lauderdale is is its its big growth market. It's huge there, but Fort Lauderdale is hyper competitive. JetBlue, Southwest, and Spirit have all staked out their ground there. They they're all growing very rapidly, and so uh, you know, that's it, just. It's that's not a place where it can be easy uh, to 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 make a lot of money right now. You know, things clearly have gone very well in Boston, um, but but you know, but there too, Delta is growing very rapidly. They're competitive threats, and so um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's it's an airline where a lot is going well, but 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 yeah, a lot of a lot of competitive pressures against carriers with with lower costs, uh, driven, you know, a lot of it by differences in seat density, you know, um, the JetBlue, of course, gets revenue premiums over an airline like Spirit, but it has to because it has, you know, um, you know, 28 more, 28 fewer seats on its A320s than Spirit has, it's going to close the gap with that. It's, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, beginning to densify its, its cabins, adding a couple rows of seats won't be like Spirit, but it'll be um, denser than it's been. And that'll probably be helpful. Um, just as some of the other measures it's taken, bag fees and so forth, um, have been helpful even while it still preserves its, you know, it's, it's, it's rather upmarket brand, a very, uh, a very well-liked airline. And one thing, by the way, it's, it, um, you know, Emirates, as it reduces some capacity to the U.S., um, that's unhelpful for JetBlue because Emirates, being a JetBlue code share partner, uh, feeds JetBlue's domestic network. Um, and although, you know, airlines don't exactly disclose this, the, the, you know, just kind of knowing how these things work. Yeah, that's Emirates probably pays a fair amount to JetBlue every time it puts a passenger on one of its flights at places like, you know, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Orlando, or two to come to mind that uh, where they've uh, uh, where they've cut uh, announced anyway uh, capacity cuts. So um, uh, so that too, uh, not not great news. Um, but that densification that I mentioned is one thing that uh, here going forward. You know, the the whole airline is going to be a lot more efficient when you put another uh, couple rows of seats on 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 the airplanes drive down unit costs and uh, probably drive up total revenues well let's talk about spirit their network is an operational mess this week it is uh you know th- those those videos out of fort lauderdale where there was a brawl um uh passengers fighting airline employees and cops and other passengers uh three people arrested there all this um a- after uh pilots according to the airline engaged in an illegal work slowdown uh you know the airline said pilots you know stopped refusing to work overtime and some of the things that they that they normally do um uh i mean this is you know this this goes on in in airline labor negotiations is certainly uh you know if true what the allegations are and i mean it's you know the, the, the yeah they're alpa can't admit to it but you know i mean there's every reason to think that there's that there's truth to it you know not 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 the first time won't be the last time uh spirit went you know filed suit got a judge to say hey you can't do this anymore again that's always part of the process um but uh, you know and pilot said well we'll comply of course um but in doing that they put a lot of pressure uh on the airline a lot of bad press for uh an airline and an industry really that didn't need it uh ended up being oh i guess uh, a couple hundred flights or more canceled by time uh by time it was over uh, which is a lot uh you know for an airline the size of spirit you're looking at flight aware data you know a few days over to, over the past week they've been you know the airline in the world with the most canceled flights you know which, which for an airline that small is is uh is significant look it's uh you know from from 
Spirit's perspective, you know, they've said we we look we're a low cost carrier. We don't get the kinds of fares that some of our competitors get, so we simply can't pay our pilots uh, the kind of wages that the other airlines pay. Spirit pilots have said, well, you earn the same kinds of profits they earn, so you know, so why not? And looking at the first quarter results, eleven percent operating margin down from twenty two percent the year before. That's a fairly striking decline. So perhaps that explains their concerns over labor costs. Yeah, and and you wonder if the pilots have have overplayed their hand um, by waiting this long. In the sense that, uh, I mean, look, they're going to get big raises here, one way or another. A year or more ago, Spirit was you know, putting up some of the best operating margins in the world, and that's no longer the case. You know, we'll see here again going forward. It's just one quarter. Um, you know, with 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 labor costs being a concern for all airlines, Spirit now can sort of more credibly say, look. Uh, our profits have already um, declined uh, precipitously, uh, even before uh, taking a big increase in in uh, in, in pilot costs. Uh, now again, the pilots would say, "Well, you know, we're still making plenty of money; it'll be fine. Um, you know, we're doing the same job as our colleagues at other airlines for a perfectly profitable company, so we should get paid like them." Yeah, there's there's no question here that when you look around the industry, um, part of the you know, decline in profits at other airlines has been the combination of the uh, the increase in fuel costs and the increase in, in labor costs. Um, and Spirit here has seen their margins decline uh, like this, even without uh, yet having that that big increase in pilot costs that airlines like you know Delta and United have already experienced. So uh, let's see here going forward what what happens. Um, but yeah, the pilots have have uh, you know at least the you know put some amount of pressure now on. On the airline, uh, the pilots want to go to mediation, um, and uh, you know that could ultimately lead to um, uh, uh, to an official strike if, if they can't uh, um, if they can't come to terms. Don't forget the 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 last major strike in the U.S. Uh, was none other than Spirit Pilots back in uh, 2010. So there would be uh, a precedent for that were that to happen. Last question of the day, and we always try to end on a good note. And recent experience suggests that closing with Alaska will do the trick. But this isn't exactly a slam dunk. Alaska posted a nice 12% margin in Q1, uh, but that was down from 19% a year ago, kind of like everybody else. Seth, is Alaska going to disappoint us? <laughs> well, they're doing fine. Um, oh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Done. End of show, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and those, those numbers, both of them, by the way, include Virgin. So you, we're, we're you know, including Virgin for comparison purposes uh, from, from a year ago, uh, even though they, they weren't yet then uh, part of Alaska. Without Virgin, Alaska was, was uh, 21% a year ago. Uh, no surprise, obviously, Virgin, um, you know, at first, anyway, the the, the less profitable um, part of Alaska Virgin being the least profitable, generally the least profitable of the U.S. airlines over the past um, decade or so uh, until it was uh, was acquired. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 uh, um, you know sure they're 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 feeling too. I mean, you know, we all know about the, the all the capacity in uh, in in Seattle in the absolute. You know, it 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 uh, they're 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 doing fine. Um, you know, they they've they've mitigated a lot of their risks. Uh, sort of their overexposure to one part of the country. I mean, they're still a West Coast airline, but they're not um, so exposed now to just Seattle and Portland. Uh, doing all kinds of things with with um, you know, really moving pieces around. I hate to say it, it's a 
pukey cliche, but pieces around the chessboard. Uh, fuel costs up a lot, like for everybody. Uh, the Easter shift impacted them. Uh, the the weather, by the way, I kind of mentioned it very briefly earlier, um, but uh, uh, what was overall a rather mild winter wasn't in the Pacific Northwest, uh, and that also impacted uh, their first quarter. So, you know, overall for an airline that's uh, still in the absolute doing as well as they're doing to have um, only had sort of about kind of the average margin decline um, uh, compared to the rest of the industry, uh, despite those specific challenges, um, you know, you, you've, you've uh, got to feel pretty good about their first quarter. And you did a good job. Pukey cliches, nonetheless. <laughs> and that concludes the first quarter earnings picture in the U.S., at least as much as we can fit in 30 minutes or so. For more, of course, check out Airline Weekly, the newsletter. Stop by the website, sign up for a free trial. You won't be disappointed. For Seth Kaplan, I'm Jason Cottrell, and you've been listening to the Airline Weekly Lounge. This podcast has been sponsored by the book, Glory Lost and Found, How Delta Climbed from Despair to Dominance in the Post-9-11 Era. 